Welcome back, pod people, to a brand new season of Cinema de More. It's our sixth anniversary, and we're going to start by discussing The Exorcist. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Justin Morgan. I'm here with Chuck and Lexi. How's it going? Oh, it's going. We ran out of Halloweens for a little bit here, as we knew would happen. But the news is that Miramax has rights to a show or something now, so... Don't worry, they're making more. (laughs) Oh, we're not worried, but we kind of expected it would maybe go the route of Friday the 13th, where they the last one was how many years ago? 2009. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was in legal hell. That that movie fucked up so hardcore. They just need the remake. Yeah, they just need because it never got a sequel ever. They just needed to put him right in the wood chipper at the end. That would have been the and get arrested by the police. The police thinking that they committed all the murders. No, it was it was the remake. It was good, but the the only mistake is the very end. I liked Green Beret, J- uh, Jason. He was like skinny and lean and quick. He it wasn't was Green good. Beret, Jason. He was hippie, Jason. Yeah, he was elite. He was like so quick. That shit when he kills that kid with the axe on the fucking pier, and he's running after him, and he stops and he aims. That was that was a stoner that was worried about his weed. <laughs> I know he was. It's good. He's a, he's a he's a vet that's worried about his. <laughs> is medicinal <laughs> he probably was never in the military but he was a stoner we saw his fields so the exorcist lexi you think this is the scariest movie ever made i do actually how so um well i mean <clears throat> we are going to talk about it i genuinely do think that um it's incredibly brilliant it's one of the best horror films ever made i think it's one of the best films probably ever made period like i genuinely believe this is one of the best movies ever made charles where does this rank in your movies of horror movies we'll say i think it is a great horror movie i personally don't find it i this might sound weird i don't find it scary but it's just because i don't know i feel like you have to you have to be a certain i know james when we talked to james and i know i think he grew up catholic and he said this movie like gave him nightmares when he was a kid i feel like this is very not that you have to be but it certainly helps if you had some yeah. sort of a very strong religious upbringing to to make you feel that because i just look at it and I'm, I'm always just like Ugh, the devil like he's gonna do anything i get more i the, the movies that that i don't know make creep me out more ones that are more of real situations with real people but like from purely a filmmaking and horror standpoint i do think it is a great movie i just never put it up there as like one that like even the first time I watched it, I was like, I, I like, I almost watched this movie and go like, huh, her head spun around. That was cool. Like I'm, I'm less like, oh, that's terrifying. I gotta. I get that. Well, I'm a little cold to horror too. When people will say, "Did that movie scare you?" Usually, no movie scares me. A jump scare will definitely scare me. You throw a couple jumps. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie if that happens, but I have seen movies and I jumped out of my seat a few times and I'm like, yeah, because shit's popping out at me constantly. The sound we're design. All jaded. So, I mean, we've been blessed because I think we're blessed. See, it's the religious aspect yep. of it. Um, I think it was 1968 <laughs> before Rosemary's Baby came out that the Hayes Code was abolished. And the Hayes Code is what had all those stipulations about what could be seen and what couldn't be seen. And literally, movies became okay to watch again. Movies became more interesting. And we said before, this is a product of Rosemary's Baby. I believe that. And I can definitely see why people think that this is the scariest movie of all time. Not my not my favorite. Maybe not even my top 10, but probably like top 20. I'd probably put it somewhere up there too. I think the effects <laughs> are cool as shit. It's just, it's just weird for me because 
like watching it this is one of the few movies where the kid doesn't bother me like the, you know how they bother me and usually and mm-hmm. everything uh linda blair's not bad i i, I kind of want to pinpoint like people of a certain time period because like the conversations that they have with their 12 year old daughter just seems weird or creepy and i don't know if it's like a time thing or not you know when they're like listening to what she sounded like before when she was playing with the recorder or, like making a message for her dad and like what they're saying where she's like sounds a little not very intuitive for a 12 year old girl but that and like ellen uh Ellen Burstyn, who I really love in Requiem for a Dream. That's probably, like, my favorite movie with her in it. Her character in this bothers me a little bit. Because she's, like, overacting to me. She's an actress. What do you want from her? <laughs> she's, like, a hardcore She's an actress playing an actress. I don't think she's a good actress in this world. In which world? The movie world or the real yeah, world? Yeah, in the movie world. She's a, she's a good actress playing a terrible actress. Maybe. Yeah, there's, a, there's a little bit of a, like the way you were saying like like the way people treat like the kid like it feels like they leave that girl alone by herself way too often even just for being a 12 year old in like not a city that's not even their home like they're just living there while they're filming the movie there's somewhat of a a feeling of like a rosemary's baby um uh what's his name polanski of like i don't know i left that director guy with her i don't know where he went (laughs) oh he's dead he's at the bottom of the stairs oh i guess that's just what happens maybe that's another direct result of rosemary's baby yeah you left them with a creepy director. Weird guy who has a thing for the butler being a Nazi. Yeah, he like, harasses not, the butler. I'm like, that's not a guy I would leave around my 12-year-old kid. <laughs> a raging so alcoholic. The, original, the actor that the played him story. died in real life in 1973 from the flu. Or as I would say, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I know. They, Just have to, I have to sprinkle s- some facts here that I know. <laughs> the original story of The Exorcist is actually based on a real story. But the original story is a little boy instead of a little girl. So they changed it to a little girl for the movie. They kind of switched some stuff around and made it a little bit more palatable for, you know, the movie. Probably because it was a 12-year-old boy. It, they'd be like, he deserves it. He's such a pain in the ass. Right. <laughs> they can't be, like, but it oh, is... my God, that poor girl. <laughs> they didn't want the priest to be too attracted to him. <laughs> but it is technically based on a real story. Like, no, it, it, is... It, it is. It is. Um the writer William Peter Blady he was a, he's like a journalist too i think he's a journalist before he was a writer this was just a very successful story that he wrote he's from new york he goes to college at georgetown and when he's in georgetown doing research for stuff he finds out about this case that also took place in georgetown so i don't know he's not going too far outside the box because those are like the two settings that we have in this entire movie what georgetown and yeah. iraq Oh, yeah, we are in Iraq. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm assuming that's because of it's closer to, like, the Holy Land, I guess. It seems they have to show the the priest confronting Pazuzu at the start to let him know that he'll be meeting him later on. I mean, if you want to call that a confrontation, he, like, just saw the statue. And he was really dramatic about the dogs fighting each other and stuff. He's like, I'll see you later. He was more worried about the statue than he was at the militants that were pointing guns at him. He was he like waved yeah. at him and they're like this guy again. He's like it's just me. Don't worry about it. I do like in this movie though. He so seems so old. I don't know why. It's his good acting, I think, because he's definitely alive for another fifty years almost. Yeah, but he feels older right. in this movie than he did in uh, whatever like the most recent one that he was in. I don't even remember what his last role 
I think his last. Oh shit! What was his last one? I know he's been, he's been popping up in everything. He's in like every Scorsese, Tim Burton thing for. Let's see. I know he was in a good Shutter bit. Shutter Island and that. I can't remember what year that would have been. Like twenty twelve or something. Yeah, but I do uh, like how he like, like he's like shaking as he's taking his pills, and I like how this is at like more than halfway through the movie they bring up this guy because he's dealt with he's done an exorcism before and they're like isn't he too old he's like he's out in the desert digging he's fine and i was like that's actually pretty good uh that's pretty good reasoning i can definitely side with the fact that he maybe he's not too old to commit a an exorcism if he can stand that heat in iraq yeah he was he would have only been uh 43 when this movie was made well, that's why he couldn't handle the exorcism because the room was too cold. He's been out in that desert heat too long, and you got in that cold room, and it was too much. It <laughs> gave him the chills. That was that was a cold room because that was literally a refrigerated room. Yeah, they said that's yeah. why everyone kept getting so sick that... because like the sets were either yeah. roasting hot in the desert or on a refrigerated room. Yeah, so that set was like a they built a in a refrigerator, and they did that to be able to do the breath effect. That was the way they pulled that off. That director was cruel. They made Linda Blair do that whole scene without like being able to wear a jacket or anything, and so she was constantly in cold conditions. He's not and... cruel. That's just the time. Yeah, yeah. When um, when Burke fell out the window, and like we see that he's on the street dead, and she gets home and she closes the window and she looks at her kid. She's like, "Oh my god!" She doesn't check to see if her kid's okay. She just throws some fucking blankets on that kid and leaves the room. Yeah, he almost broke Linda Blair's spine doing some of the contortion scenes. Ellen Burstyn got movie. hurt too well, yeah, when, when she gets like thrown to yeah. the floor. Just yeah. everybody got injured on this movie at some point. Um, pain, pain. Dicks. Dicks? Did you just say dicks? Oh, I, was, I, I did say dick. <laughs> uh, well, I was trying to say, but I, I was trying to say um, like the rest. Dick Smith Dick Smith did the special effects for this movie and um, the effects for this movie are more revolutionary in a lot of ways than the effects for Star Wars. Um, Dick Smith actually broke the mold with the effects that he did in this movie. The effects in The Exorcist are some of the most revolutionary practical effects ever done in the industry. Like, he completely, like, created whole new techniques never before done in Hollywood to be able to pull off, like, everything in this movie. Because the director was asking for things that had never been done, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Like, Dick Smith's fucking weird. Dick Smith just completely like broke the fucking mold with every effect in this movie and they still look good to this day. There's not very much in this movie that doesn't hold up. Like it's such a revolutionary film when it comes to like all the practical effects that are done and like, Which versions did, did you two watch? Unfortunately, I had to watch the um regular cut, not the extended, which I much prefer the extended cut one. I actually saw the extended cut when they re-released it in theaters back in the day with the crab crab legs up the stairs. I was like so pumped to see that shit in the theater. I was like, wh- I was think I was like, was like a teenager, I think, when that came out. It came out in two thousand. Like that, so however, you were, however old you were in two thousand. So I was like eighteen. Yeah. So like right when that. But yeah, I saw that in the theater. Like right when that. Dropped. The version like, you've never so seen. I think yeah. that's what they called it. Because right? yeah. they had to call it that because it's not a director's cut right. for legal purposes. That's that another thing I found out about that. I know the author in the studio and William Friedkin have like continuously sued each other over the years for various reasons. Like they all feel like they they didn't make enough money. Friedkin's like, I don't think you paid me enough. And then Blady's like, "Ah, you definitely didn't pay me enough. The studio's like, we paid you adequately well. Friedkin reminds me of John Carpenter in the sense that he's very bold about everything that he says. He's got strong opinions and 
almost 90% of it comes down that to quote, you. better pay that me. There's quote I love that's, uh, you, you've said it to me, but I've seen it before of like, you know, DVDs will only last for like 20 years. And you're like, who the fuck says DVDs will only last for 20 years? And it's like Oliver Stone. He was talking about Alexander. And he's like, well, fuck him, man. Fuck his movies. Like, that movie sucks. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they've only been out for ten, 20, or sorry, they've only been out for 10 years. How the fuck would he know? <laughs> yeah, I it's. Have, I have dick. Sorry, not to cut you off. You just said dick I again? I, dick <laughs> I was going to say, I have Dick Smith's blood recipe. <laughs> She's just like dick. I have dick. dick. On the mind. No, dick. I just, that's all she. I that's do, what she says. I I do like dick. Oh, I hope you're editing I... this one and it's just just everyone's <laughs> mom. Just, just <laughs> dick. I do like dick. I'm keeping. I gotta keep it in. We brought it up, so right. yeah. has to stay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I have his uh, blood recipe. I got that when I went to effect school. Um, he has a very unique blood recipe, and his blood recipe is the best blood recipe in the industry. And Real nobody blood. uses it anymore. Well, I mean, just actually yeah. slaughtering pigs. You know, not to go on a tirade, but like from two thousands on, the blood recipes they have are fucking shit in movies. They like they all were like anymore. way too it's, dark. It's all just uh, it's all just CGI it's all too blood dark. anymore. Like almost was, nobody well, yeah, actually like, does real blood on anything. It was all this fucking arterial blood, and I was like, why is everybody like using this way too dark blood? I fucking totally blame Collector. Like that's when that shit got real. Too probably, dark. it'll probably be ruined by CG. But the Netflix movie, Exorcism movie I worked on called The Deliverance, we do have tons of blood to, to shoot on, uh, you know, on set. But watch it be terrible because my, a- my mind was blown whenever I saw all the practical effects for the Thing prequel. I was like, what the fuck? They did that much practical effects and they just ruined it. CGI, yeah. Ruined right. it. Yeah, I remember that. It's- you know, I was always surprised when I watched 70s horror and I see, like, don't get me wrong, some of the, like, consistency of the blood is really bad in 70s horror. Like, when you watch Herschel Gordon Lewis's stuff, like, that stuff, the blood coloration in those are, like, really, really good. His consistency is the issue, but, like, the coloration is, like, spot on. It's, it's not until you get into, like, the 80s and 90s when they start darkening the blood more and more and more and more. You've looked at your own blood. Blood is, like, bright red. It has this very bright consistency, and when it dries, it dries brown. So it's, like, the idea that, like, blood is this, like, dark red color. I'm, like, blood is We've not already discussed this all. on the uh, Color Me Red episode because he wanted to paint with red, and we were, like, mm, it'll become or blood for that red. Yeah. And we said it'll yeah, be brown. Exactly. When it oxidizes, it'll be brown. I was bringing but it up. Uh, the reason I was asking what versions you watched, Chuck, what did you say? I think this was the first time I've watched just the theatrical version. Um, was that on HBO that you watched it as well? Yeah, I just watched it. It was another one of those I was just too lazy yeah. to go find my Blu-ray See, that has the has both I versions. I was mad. Well, because the... I I watched it on HBO and I was like, they cut stuff out of this, and I was used <laughs> to watching a more extended cut of this, and I was like, I knew it was the theatrical cut, but. I didn't like not having like the extended pieces in it at this point because I'm so used to watching the added stuff in and I just really like the additional stuff. I think the extended cut adds quite a bit to the film. Like I love the extended cut more, so I'm just kind of like you're more of a, an uh, optimist than a pessimist. That's what the that's what the directions direct- where I'm. I like more. This was a more film. I love the crab walk scene. The crab walk scene is so fucking sick. Well, that's why I brought. That's why I'm bringing it up because when he he didn't put that in the movie originally because they couldn't do it without you seeing the cables and it just looked terrible. So he cut it out and it wasn't until he was able to to use digital effects to erase them and slightly speed up the timing to kind of like hide how awkward it was. 
that makes oh. that scene look good. Also, there are like way too many Pazuzus in it. Like he just flashes Pazuzu in it like all every second he gets a chance. That I agree with. Yeah, there's only like two I in the theatrical cut, I think. This one's like keep them coming. <laughs> like and I think I the think one where she's in the, the kitchen and cut. he's like in the kitchen for a second. It's like it looks weird. That didn't. Yeah. I, I was like that has to be CG. That looks so fucking strange. There's a part where Linda Blair like has a Pazuzu face for a second that doesn't look very good. The yeah, it's superimposed. One. I, I you're right in the theatrical where they don't use it as much. It's a little bit. It's a little better because it gives that subtleness to it. Because you don't really want to see the face. You want to kind of not really get a good look at it because that's the whole point. Was that it's supposed to subtly pop up? I got too good, too good of a look at it. I kind of wish the face that we saw flashes of looked closer to that statue than like a person's face. But that's just me. I kind of wanted to see like pretty good makeup effects of that. I wouldn't go back and change it now. It is what it is. I don't even think they say Pazuzu. They didn't say it in it's my not movie. The second one, I think they never say it's, it. It's yeah. the second one that they that they. That's that's one of those like everyone everyone always wants to say. Oh, the second one's garbage. Hey, you wouldn't have uh, the demon's name if the second one never came about because they never right. say it in this movie. <laughs> I think the second one's completely unnecessary and doesn't need to be there. However, I don't really hate the second Exorcist movie. It's I don't think it's as bad as everyone film, makes. Just... Everyone tries to be like, right. oh, it's like the worst film ever made. I'm like, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't add anything major to the story. That's like, I saw I the like... new Exorcist. I won't go into it. But everybody said, worst, like, worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, to me, it falls in the middle. It is far from the worst movie. It is not as good as it could be. Absolutely. That's not a reigning endorsement by any means. Honestly, but that sounds not... like the greatest sin, honestly, is that it's middle ground. It is. It is. I feel like it's another... I feel like when I watched that movie that it got butchered by somebody, the studio or something, it really feels incomplete. It feels like you're missing. It looks like you built a puzzle and there's pieces that are missing out of it. When you were asking me earlier, if you don't, if you don't mind me answering this question, answer it now, please. I think the the horror of it, why I think it's such a scary film, it's very grounded in reality in comparison to trying to be fantastical. It gets fantastical, obviously, but I feel like you know instead of it starting out with this woman who is willing to go to like that religious spot first she's a negligent mother who has she's also a single parent who is a celebrity who's doing her own thing and like just you know being a parent and then all of a sudden the kid's just kind of having problems and she's trying to like balance her life and her kid and like the stuff that's going on and she's not really thinking about it and so when the kid starts having bigger problems then she just starts going to medical professionals and the medical professionals are like well let's try this and she's like okay but then like they start getting more extreme and she's like no like you're hurting my kid like why do we have to keep going more extreme this seems stupid and they're like well we're going to keep trying more extreme things because that's what medical professionals do and i thought the medical professionals are really realistic in the fact that they're just not listening and they just keep going harder and harder and harder with like more procedures instead of like listening and what have you and the woman's like essentially at her wits end with everything because they're doing really brutal medical treatments on it that's hurting the little girl and they're finding nothing and they keep trying to find the same thing that isn't there and then eventually she's like it, there's, it's not there you, you guys are idiots and the only solution that she can come up with at this point is that it's possibly a supernatural thing because there's no not my version logical answer at this point and so she turns to religion and so that's when she starts 
trying that, but it's not like a choice of like, well, you know, I believe in religion. It's like, I don't really know what else to fucking do. Like, this is kind of where I'm at. People have presented you to me and this is what I'm kind of wondering if you could try. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> We're not going to do an exorcism. And she's like, listen, just fucking try it. And See, I, I sound crazy. So girl. that's that's how it happens in the theatrical cut. In the, di- mean, in the director's cut or the other cut, the extended cut, it's the doctors that suggest the exorcism. They, said, they do. They, they, they said the therapists do eventually kind of like at the end after they've kind of given up to it's not even like a therapist it's like the full-on medical doctor he says you know have you it's gonna sound crazy but exorcisms even though we don't believe in them sometimes they work as like a placebo with the, yeah. the patient if the patient's really in like believing that type of stuff yeah yeah they do do that in the, the same one that we watch I do agree with your idea of horror, though. Like, the horror, to me, in this movie works better when you think of it like the horror from the perspective of a parent and there's something wrong with the kid that they can't figure out. That's scarier than the religious stuff to me. To see your child break down the way that she is and to watch her, like, become a flip. Like, to just go from, like, being such a sweet little girl to, like, swearing and, like, using such vulgar language and, like, being so threatening and, like, hurting herself and self-harming and all this kind of stuff. It's incredibly horrific to watch. And to watch a little girl use the kind of language that she is and the way that she is. The actor is That's what the 1973 audience was really scared of. Well, Linda Blair is an incredible actor. Like, she carries that performance so well. Like, the the ability to be so evil as a little girl, like, in the demon form, and to be able to emote so adult in the way that she does. The scene when she grabs the crucifix and she's fucking herself with the crucifix is, like, one of the most horrific scenes, like, ever. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so fucked up. It's so, like, crosses so many lines on so many levels. Like... She's, like, hurting herself, like, with it. She's fucking herself with a cross. She's screaming, fuck me. She shoves the mother's face into it. It's, like, a more horrific version of walking in on your kid while they're, like, discovering themselves. But, like, can you imagine in 1974 in a theater, like, seeing that for, like, the first time? Like, that would be, like, the most, like, whoa. That's, like, so, like, crazy to see something like that. Because, like, the the use of religion and then, like, the use of a child and then the use of, like, a sexual scene all in one, like, that must have been, like, so fucking shocking to see, like, just in that one scene alone. And then, like, to see it, like, just keep going further and further and further, like, yeah, like, the the horrible, the, the thing, the, the, the monster of this movie is a little girl. And, like, it's really a brutal evil hard monster when you look at like the the echelon of horror monsters like your darth vader's and your fucking freddy krueger's and your like you know pinheads and all those guys she's there she's standing there with them she's one of the top horror monsters of all time you know what i mean like and she deserves her title she deserves that that mantle but like it's a little girl you know what i mean it's such a fucking brutal performance for a little girl to play this possessed demonic monster it's one of the best like child acting performances i've ever seen and it's an absolutely devastating character to watch as like a mother to watch your child go through that like yeah i can totally understand how people would have like hard reacted to that and to wonder like what is the outcome is she gonna get her daughter back and all of this is like how's the daughter even gonna like be okay after all of this anyway like because like guess we'll have no to do a sequel and like yeah yeah right 
because there's so much trauma that comes from all of this i do think this is a standalone film i don't think there's anything else to it like it's very much a one and done everything sealed up in it like it's a perfect film apparently wasn't because they had to go back and change things I don't necessarily, like, when you say, is this, when you ask me, like, was I scared of it when I watched it? I wasn't scared of it. I was able to walk away from it and go, that was quite possibly one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. And I completely understand how it earned that mantle. And I can see how it still is holding it. Because, well, also, like, the the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church, like, a lot of people, like, they're the ones that tend to boycott movies they're really kind of on board with this one they were really proud of the way it was like depicted of like a good versus evil of you know finding your faith and stuff like that so to them it was an uplifting movie well definitely i mean the the main priest character has lost his way he's lost his faith he can't find it this is what gives him his faith again essentially right of course he dies at the end of the film but then he doesn't really because we have Exorcist 3 where he's in a fucking insane asylum, which I don't understand. Uh, he's sure. Patient X. He's not the same guy, I don't think. Do I really know that? I don't. But I do know his character's Patient X. So. Oh, in my oh cut, my too. See, like, that's the thing. I don't know all the changes. In my cut, he's not entirely dead when he falls. He's still, yeah, like, moving his fingers and shit. But he dies there well, he, later. He holds his hand, like of his priest friend when he does his final rites with them and then every time he asks him a question where he has to answer though he moves his fingers i'm just telling you i don't know chuck said it's in the no, version too but i'm like yeah, from what is. i saw he could be in the exorcist two three four he didn't die in this movie he'll have he'll probably still be possessed though if he didn't die i was left under the impression that after he reads in his rights he drops dead there so that's fine so I don't know if the timing for this is right, but my dad always... It says it came out December 26, 73. I don't know if that was like um, a wide release or when the hell it would hit Pittsburgh. But my dad always tells me that they went to go see it at like a drive-in as a kid. And then they went to go get um, McDonald's afterwards, which was whenever they had the Shamrock Shakes. So this is putting it like close to St. Patrick's Day now. Yeah. And they yeah, said like, oh the vomit in this movie reminded them too much of the shamrock shake and they couldn't they couldn't do the shamrock shake but honestly they probably did because 1973 shit probably traveled and stayed in theaters a hell of a lot longer and it really yeah, have the vhs mean. yet my mom saw this in the theater and she said that um when the movie ended and the credits started um the whole theater stood up and applauded well that's a nice something. one i don't usually get my family stories are like my stepmom went with her mom to see E.T. She fell asleep during E.T. And when she woke up, <laughs> everybody was crying. And she said, "What's the what the fuck's wrong with all you people? That's just a puppet. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's great. I also do like the story with Dimmy. Dimmy. With his very uh, stereotypical Greek mother that he has. Dimmy, why you do this to me? But it was good because it, it even though when he was talking to his mom, I'm like, give me a break. When we get to Reagan and she's possessed and she's talking like his mom, like I actually, I kind of dig that. You kind of have to see the mom so you're not like, well, she just sounds like a stereotype right now. It's like, nope, that's how mom actually spoke. But I love that priest. That priest is probably the coolest priest of all time. He's like, I, I don't really believe. I think I'm losing my faith. He's smoking cigarettes. He's drinking. He's a boxer. Reagan's interactions with the priest are some of the best scenes in the movie. He's fucking cool. She was kind of cool, too, when 
when Mirren's dead and she's all like out of her bindings and everything and she's on the the back and she's just like yeah sassy she's, looking at him like she has like such like a cool chill to her where she's just like mm-hmm bitch got what was coming to him so cool it's a great scene the cinematography of that shot when she breaks all of her bindings in the bed when they're doing the exorcism and it's that silhouette with the light over her and she's on the bed with her arms in the air and mm-hmm. like, the, the bindings are off of the arms oh it's pazuzu there beautiful shots it's just one of the most beautiful shots in all the film like it's just a gorgeous shot is pazuzu there just, i don't think so no, no. i oh. think it's just like that that silhouette of her on the bed reaching up into the sky mine added pazuzu screaming. the statue no this one didn't i think it makes it better without it oh, no the statue yeah the statue's in there in the in the corner for like a second yeah not very is long it? yeah I don't remember that being there, honestly. I was too busy looking at like the rest of the shot. But yeah, that's a great shot. The cinematography in this movie is stunning. <laughs> shows you, straight up shows you the devil. You're just like, I like the way her arms are. I'm distracted. That classic shot of the the old priest walking up to the house at night underneath the street lamp, taking his hat off and looking. like So fucking good. Everything's so good. That The stairs. The stairs are really interesting. They're an interesting like centerpiece to everything. They keep showing him, and they they're look way too far shit. away for any... They're like, he jumped out the window. I was like, That's, that, those, are, those yeah. stairs are so far away from that window. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. unless that guy had, like, a full-on 20-yard running start to, like, launch himself that far. Because they, they show, like, the at the at even at the very mm-hmm. end when the they're with the other priest, and he's, like, walking away from the stairs. I'm like, he's not even remotely close to the house. Like, how far did they have to jump to get there? I believe that she could have thrown him that far, but I feel like when Karis gets possessed and he's, I feel like he's in control to kill himself. That seems like a hell of a jump. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, a, it's you, just Chuck. a weird angle. It's just like the way they, the way they show it. And I'm looking, I'm like, I, there's, there's just no way. Yeah. Like the conversations they have in the movie is weird too, because the first sign that anything's wrong is probably the noise in the attic and the mom thinks that it's rats. And the conversations she has with, like, the caretaker or the owner of that house or whatever the hell it is, it's such a weird conversation. Like, neither person is listening to what the other person is saying. Like, there's rats. There are no rats. Just take care of the rats. I'm like, are they even listening to each other? They just sound strange to me. That's a cool scene. I like the jump scare type thing with the candle where the candle flame, just for, like, a second, is huge and goes out. It's a nice little subtle touch. I like that better than the Ouija board thing, where the Ouija board thing flew and Mom's like, why are you doing that? Like, well, clearly it wasn't her. What is Captain Howdy from again? Is it uh, Howdy Doody? No, no, he's uh, something from a kid's show. He's like a clown from a kid's show or something. I don't know. All I know is D. Snyder stole it it from this movie for his... I was going to say that D. Snyder stole it (laughs) from Strangeland. For his for his web web chat thing, his AOL chat. <laughs> like if you, if you start searching Captain Howdy, it just says Captain Howdy movie, and then it's a picture of Strangeland. Like <laughs> that's what everybody's oh, just like. Man. I don't remember the uh, the the movie with Captain Howdy. What was that guy's name? Well, she said I I kind of would imagine that you're thinking of Howdy Doody because yeah, when she says Captain, no, no, no. nothing Cap- different. It's just from this. <laughs> 
Yeah, because when she says Captain Howdy, I think the mom would know that it was a TV show or something if if that's what it was. But she's like, oh, that's your invisible friend's name? It is It is from a kid's show. I just don't remember I don't think it is because there's no reference whatsoever to it being from anything. That's You're thinking of Strangeland or Howdy Doody. No, no, no. Who's definitely no. had clowns on the show. They used to say back in the day it was from a kid's show. I don't remember what show it was. You got to bring your Genuinely. facts to the Exorcist episode. Well, I thought you guys would know when I said it. And that was yeah, Chuck's telling you. He's looking up the facts right now. <laughs> well, the internet the he said you're not f- being helpful today. The internet's saying you're wrong. The internet's too obsessed with, with D. Snyder. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, nothing. There's a scene with ambulance. One of the ambulance drivers. The guy that has like the earrings and crap all over his wrist you know what i'm talking about it's not a big part it's like a very small character william friedkin found out after the fact while he was making cruising or before he started while well, he's like writing it this is a real serial killer that is in this movie and so he interviewed him for cruising because that's what he was basically doing is what the guy was doing cruising going to these gay nightclubs and killing people and i just thought it was kind of cool that there's a serial killer hidden in this movie as an extra essentially them the facts that's cool that's funny comparatively there's a scene in scary movie 2 which is so much better which <laughs> is when the kid walks into the party and disrupts the party and pisses on the floor because in the scary movie version they start beating her with a new, like a newspaper like she's been, <laughs> like she's a bad dog <laughs> this is just like the mom's embarrassed i guess like what she keeps bringing it up to father Karis later like oh did he tell you at the party and he's like i mean he said he was at a party and she's like he mentioned my daughter and he's like uh, he didn't say you had a daughter he's like he didn't say anything about what my daughter did he's like I, again he did not mention you had a daughter he didn't say anything about the thing that happened with my daughter and the guy's like i don't know how else to tell you he did not talk about your daughter and then she's like i guess priests are good and the cleaning <laughs> lady when he's like she's like is it coming out it seems like it i'm like it's <laughs> just pee it's it'll come out of your rug it's <laughs> that's that's like my favorite scene when she comes down to the party and she just stands there and she's like, "What?" She says like, "You're all gonna die." No, or she, no, like she tells that guy he's gonna die, which I feel like is a is a missed like that should be like a thing that should be like a foreshadowing something later to convince people of. Oh well, she knew that guy was gonna die, and it never goes anywhere. Like she tells that guy, "You're gonna die" because he said he was going on a trip somewhere or like was going mountain climbing or something. And that's and why it, they need the exorcist too. Anywhere. Yeah. And then he just, then she just pisses on the floor. I was like, yeah. man, I love this movie. This movie's so fucking. That guy weird. was like, like, I wanted to be a, a nightclub singer or something. I'm like, this guy's definitely. That guy reminded me of John would Mulaney. Mo- oh, really? I was like, the, this the guy priest, definitely yeah. would molest little boys. It's like a little torn that he was a priest or if he was just a guy dressed up like a priest. And then he started talking about like priest stuff. So I was like, no, he's a priest. I'm just like, he's just a bad priest. I like when they describe Karis. They're like, do you know that moody looking dark haired priest? He's like, oh yeah, that's Karis. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's the only person that fits that description. <laughs> like, I got all the other, all the other priests are like old or something, I guess. I don't know. It's like that. It's all the other priests are like the people from the Book of Mormon. They're just all happy and ready to go. Yeah, Damien. Interesting name. It's always, it's always an evil name. I've never... <laughs> has there ever been a character in anything named Damien that wasn't, like, 
I thought his name should have been like Dimitri if you're going to call him Dimmy. I'm like, Dimitri. I I, I honestly couldn't remember what his first name was. And when she kept calling that, I was like, and it feels like it should be because that feel that's a a Greek name. Like, like I could say, oh, yeah, his name's probably Dimitri. And then I'm like, Damien. And I was like, oh, that's not what I thought his his name was going to be. Hi, my name's Damien. My friends call me Damien. Oh, I also do like Marin at the beginning when he's in Iraq. And they're like, we found something. So they're showing him, like, the necklace that they found or whatever. And he, like, reaches into the hole. Like, he discovers this Pazuzu head statue or whatever. But it's just, like, the only thing in there. <laughs> so it's just, like, the the laziest archaeology I've ever seen where he just, like, kind of dusts it off and then picks it up. I feel like it's, like, take 80 and he didn't care anymore. It was hot out there, man. He just like- wanted to be done. And then when he snaps that big chunk off of it, I'm like, oh my god, you just like broke it. And then it's like, oh, it was just like a giant chunk of like, oh, I don't know what stuck to the side of it. He's an archaeologist. He knew it was rock and he knew what was charm or whatever. He's a professional. It'd be funny until he just yeah. fucking snapped it. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> They're digging it out. They're trying to be gentle and they just break it in two. They're not super clear on what's wrong with him. I guess he's taking nitro pills for his heart. That's the only thing I could come up with. He's just taking some sort of white pill. Every time he's ta- taking it, he seems to have like a nerve issue or something. He's like, I'm sure they wouldn't have pills for Parkinson's, but I feel like he's got something nerve related. I think it's his heart. Could be. I'm just saying he's like acts like he he is uncontrollable with his shaky hands when he's trying to take well, his pills. He dies of a heart attack at the end of the film, so I figured he it was like he dies from the pills. devil. Well, yeah. <laughs> Cause of death, devil. He wasn't scared to death. He totally. I mean, it happens off camera. We don't see it. That guy was so nonchalant about like, all right, it's another exorcism. I've done this shit before. They said the last one almost killed him. Well, they said the last one took him like days. No, I think months. <laughs> oh, months is what they said. I Jesus Christ. Like yeah. I would almost, if you had a three month exorcism, don't you think that would almost kill you too? Every yeah, day yeah. you just go in and do the same thing over and over and over again. It's what it, that's they what even called fun. work. That's good. It's just called a job. They yeah. never even said like, did he cure the person of their exorcism? Yeah, I don't remember or... if, them, if them even saying that, that it was a success or anything. They just said that's all. It's like, it went for three months. Oh, and like, did it work? No, the, the guy died. Oh, he almost died, but the victim died. It kind of would have been better if it was like, yeah, that person died. When I was like a kid, I got really into demonic possession stuff. Uh, remember when they would like run specials on TV about that stuff? Like on like you know 60 minutes and shit like that like i don't know if you remember like in the like late 80s early 90s there was a lot of stuff on tv about this like no i was a child then i wasn't watching exorcism documentary you weren't watching 60 minutes (laughs) i was not watching 60 minutes (laughs) when i was four i I guess i was i'm older than you six but like when i was around like seven or eight yeah i was like really into this shit so i started like just becoming like really obsessed with like demonic possession stuff i would watch shit about it all the time and so it became a real fascination for me but i don't know why it's pretty fake i don't really believe in it in this movie i like that there doesn't seem to be like an exact timing for when reagan gets possessed obviously it starts slower kind of like a grooming or something because pazuzu's like we said captain howdy her friend they're best buds for a little bit and it's not really concerning at all until things get worse and she gets a mouth on her and i like when they finally get to the doctors and she's like the bed was shaking the mom 
the bed was shaking. And they're like, no, that's just her nerve. She's like, God damn it, I was on that bed. It, right. like, it, like, it almost fucking threw me floor. off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, even when the doctors come over and she's, like, practically levitating off of the bed, and they're like, well, uh, different uh, nerves can make uh, people move in strange ways. And it's like, I, were you in the same room? <laughs> I do like the idea of, like, they bring up how, like, like a 90-pound mother could lift up, like, a several-ton car up if their kid was pinned under the wheel. That kind of shit makes you be like, yeah, 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 I've heard of stuff like that. I've heard that story I like how they see the shit that's happening to her, and they're like, well, there's definitely a scar on her brain somewhere. We gotta go back in and try another thing to really pinpoint where the fuck this, like scarring tissue on her brain is for sure and the mom's like what the fuck no there's no scar tissue on the fucking brain like at this point like shut the fuck up like no the mom didn't know the mom didn't know shit no the doctors were fine those doctors knew even less than the mom (laughs) well yeah because the kid was possessed it wasn't a medical issue they couldn't figure it out she was taking him to the wrong person god that 70s medical equipment looks so fucking painful oh my god I think that was um, Linda Blair's acting I don't know like and then the doctor's like, well, it's not my suggestion. Maybe you should try an exorcist first because the next step's lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> then, like it's electric shock treatment. After that, right? Even that syringe when they take her blood is like hysterically large. Oh my god! Like I'm that sure it's accurate is... to the time, but like it's massive to like what the hell are they? <laughs> what the hell? Get that away from me! The fucking glass, fucking um, IV tube systems and all. oh my god so i mean crazy. i guess it's kind of natural where this goes it's like either you're frustrated with the hospitals and you're gonna take her home and deal with it at home or you're gonna check her into like a mental institution <laughs> like where else does it possibly go unless the right. person became possessed and they were older like they weren't a kid they could be a homeless person on the street i guess nobody would question that person spouting about being the devil it would actually be kind of a cool story Pazuzu's just on the sh- like in San Francisco, like spouting about being the devil, and people are like, "Mental health, it's just crazy around here." I like to think that P- Pazuzu talks like Zorak from Space Ghost. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. The bug guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we heard Pazuzu's voice. It's just a demon voice, and he speaks English yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. When I was watching it with Steph, and the guy's like, that's just backwards English. That's just English, man. And he's like, what? <laughs> Steph goes, how would he know that? Well, I'll let it slide because he had all that equipment there, so he's probably yeah. played shit backwards, like, he, just yeah, by he's rewinding probably, he's probably, like, it. Heard, yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he's heard things backwards from, yeah, reeling tape back and forth. Yeah, I could buy that that guy it's just, just like instantly his knows. Just picks like, up yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I think I heard her say this word. It just sounds like it backwards. But yeah, yeah, it is kind of the way he, like, throws it. I'm like, that's English, man. And what? <laughs> yeah, it's just backwards. <laughs> you can't listen to backwards English? What are you, dumb? Yeah, and then when they're, like, playing it backwards and slow, it's got, like, multiple different voices that don't sound... Like, it literally sounds like there's a conversation going on. That's because those were on all those records, you know. You play your Black Sabbath records Mm -hmm. backwards, and they're telling you to kill yourself. They actually sounded scared. They're like, oh, no, they're going to get Marin. And they do. I don't know what the deal is with him. Which is why he's very confident that there's only one demon. And it's always the same demon. The Bible had tons of demons. They could have done a like a legion situation where there are multiple demons inside one person. But Marin's like, nope, I know this motherfucker. Dealt with him in Africa. <sighs> Fuck, now he's in Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, he's just going around. Yeah, he gets around. 
I do think this is probably the best exorcism movie ever made, and that, that maybe that's the problem is because I still don't think they've ever done any movie that's remotely close to this. Like, I'd say exor, exorcism movies are, like, my least favorite genre of horror. Like, The Last Exorcism was... Uh, there was recently, I think, Russell Crowe was in The Pope's Exorcist. There's, like... They've done it so many times, and they're never they're never better. I hated like. Emily Rose. I did not like that movie at all. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I know there are good ones, but I can't off the top of my head think of any. Then there aren't. <laughs> if you can't remember them, then they're not good. Yeah, or it's else they start incorporating... If it's if it's time. not the straight-up the devil, if it's like an alien-type like invasion of the body snatchers kind no, of no, stuff. No. I'm just going like straight-up like exorcist, like more Catholic religious exorcism type movie and they're all they're almost all the same they always have a similar like the priest that they get it's it's the same i think it was in the last exorcism it's the guy that's like uh last time i did this it was pretty crazy i don't think i can do this again like it, it, it they're all the same character of like the father marin character of an older guy that's did an exorcism and it almost killed him last time and he's not sure if he can do one again right repossessed it's almost <laughs> like, I mean, no. Even they got Linda Blair back for that. It's just it's sort of like when you, you top it, you got to do something new, and they that's the thing. I feel like everything ends up being the exorcist again where they're, like, tying a person to a bed, and you've the imagery is exactly the same. It's, like, tied to a bed with a priest over it, splashing them with water and stuff. Now, I know that the, whatever this thing is called, it's, like, the Roman ritual or whatever. It's the exorcism rules or plan from the Catholic Church. I mean, I guess if you're trying to do, they're trying, they did the most accurate thing at the time. I, it's probably have never changed. So when you want it to be like, oh, it is an accurate exorcism, they all tend to come out the same way. Yeah, it's it's a tough genre. I, I've I've seen good possession films. It's actually one of my favorite genres. So that's why I'm like I should know better, but I really can't think of anything as I sit here. So I'm not winning the discussion. You know, I think um, foreign countries do good possession films. So maybe it's just an American thing. Maybe that's what it is. Because I know, like, Japan does good possession stuff. But once again, I can't think of, like, a good example off the top of my head right away. I mean, it wasn't really a possession film, but possession's pretty good yeah. with Sam yeah. Neill. Yeah. I love that movie, but um, it's not the devil. What made you pick this? Because it's the scariest movie of all time. And I think that <laughs> on Halloween, when we're... It is. Everyone always brings it up that it's, this, like, the scariest film of all time. You said it was a favorite of yours, too. Um, I've always liked this movie. I think it's a good horror movie. I think there's a great foundation for this movie, too, where I almost enjoy all the characters. Like, every character's pretty good. I fucking love the lieutenant who just wants a buddy to go to the cinema with him. <laughs> yeah, the detective. Oh, he's great. He's amazing. Can I get your autograph? It's from my daughter. <laughs> okay, it's really just for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you can't have that autograph have your daughter's name on it. I lied. <laughs> He's like a hundred percent, but like this guy was murdered. But I'm definitely gonna get an autograph while I still can. And then like she's like dealing with a traumatic breakdown, and he's like trying to get her autograph, and then he heads out the door, and she just like loses it. Yeah, she's always losing it. Well, reasonable. She's got her daughter turning into a demonic creature. Her best friend, who keeps hitting on her, just died. That was and an abusive also... relationship. But he's also the director of her film. So that's, that's why it's abusive. 
her monetary stream, which is gonna also hurt her career, which is also gonna fuck everything up for everyone. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. It's terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, but uh, generally, that's why I thought it would be something worth discussing because everybody says it's the fucking best, and I, I do think as we discussed in this, I think the parent aspect is probably like the hardest one to watch. I mean, it could have not had demons at all. You could have just had a fucking drama where the kid had some sort of issue that nobody could solve that was the whole fucking movie and that would be a horrific movie right this gives us some answers we know that it's a demonic possession and the girl gets saved actually a lot of people get saved the guy who lost his faith i guess got saved twice yeah he found his belief and he was given his last right so he had it all i said it at the start this might be one of my if not my favorite movie um i've watched it many times it's one of those I sit down and start watch it from start to finish. Um, that should be every movie. Come in, in, huh? I just said that should be every movie. I watch it from start to finish. No, no, no. Like I, I mean, like I don't think I can come in in the middle. Like you know how like sometimes you're like, oh, it's on TV. I'll like keep start watching or whatever. Like I think if it's on, I'll turn it off because I can't. I have to start it and finish it kind of thing. Like I need the whole the whole thing. Um, but I will intentionally put it on frequently um i'll go to theatrical showings of it like i said i've seen it in the theater more than once this is not like other than when it came out i've also like seen it independently and in the theater again on other showings as well um i just think it's a brilliant piece of film it's just don't find much wrong with it i think it's just so brilliantly shot the the special effects are just so good the acting is phenomenal i i, I have nothing bad to say about it really genuinely and i just find it such a spectacular film i think the horror is really solid i think it's deep and it's guttural and it's like really in your face and it goes hard it's really pushes boundaries in a way that like nothing else ever had before and i feel like it's a film that rosemary's baby films nah that movie's funny. Psycho uh, probably pushed more boundaries <laughs> that and Peeping Tom. I don't agree. I, I feel like this one like really went somewhere that other things never had before, and I feel like this is one of those films that like can't get made again, kind of thing. Like, and I say that because of the abuse on the set. Like, you'd really have to like knock people around to get the. Dude, I think you could make a got. really good exorcism movie, and I think that you'd have to be something like you'd have to make it about the church. Like, it should really tie into some sort of scandal with the priests. That'd be, a, like, a way more interesting That's how story. they're exercising I mean, people with their, with their dicks. Is that what you're saying? So it like, could that's be... where you're going with. Like, really tie it, it into that. Really tie <laughs> like... into that scandal. Uh, I'm thinking of somebody that's, like, <laughs> like a journalist that's kind of, like... I was exercising the demons from them. Yeah, but you get to that one person that's, like, their, their, their story's just so fucking strange and they're like no that kid was fucking me (laughs) i ran out of holy water and i had to get it from somewhere Uh, speaking of holy water that was a cool scene too where he's like that was just tap water that wasn't even i was i was i was gonna say too with holy water uh because i i watched i watched this today and then yesterday i was watching lost boys and lost boys has my favorite one of my favorite scenes of holy water which is when (laughs) <laughs> the Corys run into the church like in the middle of a wedding or something like that. And yeah. they start filling their canteens full of holy water at the back of the church. Like the priest and everyone's staring at them like, what dirty kid's doing? 
like, those are the cool scenes of the 80s like yeah. that and monster squad where the kids making silver bullets and yeah. shop class like that would be like school shooter red flag <laughs> <laughs> the kids in the back corner making bullets yeah, I mean, I don't know. My favorite horror movies of all time, like, my favorite special effects horror movie is probably The Thing. I think The Thing is a perfect movie. The Be- Thing isn't a horror movie. Okay, it's a love story, I guess. It's a science fiction movie. Then what's it doing in the horror section? I don't know who put it there. It we all me. did. <laughs> Not on my shelf, in the sci-fi section where it belongs. Alien is also another great horror movie. No, no. Shining, Jaws. The Shining is a horror movie. They're all horror movies. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, like even like I like Psycho and Peeping Tom are I enjoy more than this movie. And this is the you're right, Chuck. This is the best Exorcist movie of all the Exorcist movies and Exorcism movies. At least I haven't seen anything that's topped it. And I think yeah, you brought it up. It's the the worst part of it is everything seems like an Exorcist parody. That's why the only time you're gonna get close to it is Scary Movie 2's opening, where they're like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna make fun of the Exorcist." That's where like the priest was like in bed with the girl with her like crazy ass tongue hanging out. <laughs> It, yeah, it pukes like way too much, like even more than in than in this film. It's just going everywhere. Yeah, they just really just really push everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know where you would go at. Like, it's one of those things where I probably wouldn't touch it unless it was drastically different from The Exorcist and like setting and everything. This film is a great movie. I know it's a horror movie, but like it's a spectacular film. Why is it that it can't get recognized as a brilliant piece of film and that they have to look at it like a no it got recognized and but they why it won a two academy awards everybody was like nominated for an academy award for it it won screenplay it won sound it was up for directing i believe all the main cast were up for academy awards why why then look at that and go let's make sequels and prequels and treat it like a horror movie like why can't it get the recognition as a standalone piece of like high cinema you know what i mean it's high cinema it's not it's not a horror movie like again it's a again movie, lexi it, it is saying. a horror movie you know yeah but you know what i'm you, saying you need statement. to look up you the definition I mean. of horror again but you know what i'm saying with that statement like without that contradiction that you're throwing at me there. I don't think it's as disregarded. I I mean, I would say most filmmakers would probably are looking at it as a solid piece of filmmaking and not a horror movie. And when you consider it the greatest of all time, which I would agree that's, it's probably usually number one. When I look at a list, if it's not that it's Halloween, like, those are always the two horror movies. Once that... again, I don't even disagree with you that the original Halloween in and of itself is a standalone, like, excellent piece of filmmaking for a, a film of its genre. Like, But, like, The Exorcist is, like, an exceptional piece of filmmaking. Like, it's a truly exceptional piece I mean, of filmmaking so... on all standpoints. When you, look, when you combine the masterful effects of Dick Smith, like you said, the sound design that's in it, like, when you combine... All of these things, like, this is, like, not just, like, one person's, like, one director's, like, thing. Like, there are too many other names involved in it as well. This is also their pinnacle project. And I think when you look at that side of things and you think of how many, like, large names are involved in this, like, on the other side of it, that it's just, I don't know. I think it's William Friedkin's most popular movie. I think he said it was always considered his best I don't know. I like Sorcerer probably more than this, and I like the French Connection. Say French Connection's always great. I do like Cruising. It's it's out there. He came right off of French Connection when he did this movie. Uh, the writer 
kept reaching out and saying, I want this guy to do this movie. I want him to do this movie. And they kept, they kept butting heads. They had two completely different ideas of what this movie should be. And I guess Blady saw it as he believed in the supernatural aspect of it. And it was like good versus evil. But for William Friedkin, it really wasn't about that at all. Probably more so like the human aspect of like, it was like a societal thing he said. But... At the end of his original cut, he considers it the pessimistic version, where it's just that priest, uh, the father, Dyer, who's, like, left there, like, being real somber at the top of the stairs, right? Isn't that how that ends? Yeah. And in a director's cut, he's outside with the mom. He gives the mom back the, like, the pendant thing and was like, I think you need this. And then he makes buddies with the lieutenant. Like, they're going to go off and watch lots of movies movies together. Yeah, they're going to hang out. (laughs) He said later in life, like, he kind of... I think it's, like, something that happens when you get older. When you get older, you really start to think about death. And I think that's when people were like, fuck it, I'm signing up for a possibility of the afterlife. And uh, I think that's why they kind of went back in and and made it that more optimistic version. I don't think it really harms it. The only thing that I think is kind of ugly... Some of the CG is a little bit ugly in the extended cut. But if you watch the original, like... If you got it as soon as it came out on VHS and you watched it all the time, I think it would be kind of hard to get used to the the new one after like 27 years or whatever. Nobody's running out to try to make like a billion versions of the French Connection. There's the French Connection too. But I mean, they're not doing, they're not still trying to make the French Connection today. Yes, they are. It's called Fast and Furious and all they do is try to redo the French (laughs) Connection. (laughs) Every Fast and Furious movie wants to be the French Connection. But you know what I'm saying. Brock. Just, just work. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Because I, I feel like everybody wants to be the everybody that's making a horror movie. They want it to be equivalent to The Exorcist. It'd be any but any horror director's dream to be anywhere near that movie. At the end of the day, I think it's any director's dream to make a film as good as The Exorcist. Period. That's an exceptional piece of filmmaking. Like that's my point. It's that you don't think I get your point. No, I, I, I think you do. You're just being a smart ass and I'm not being a smart ass about it I don't think I am you're always being a smart ass with me about it um, no I'm I'm, but yeah, I'm going along with I what do, you're saying but I, do, do you agree Chuck do you agree agree with what that The Exorcist is not just a horror movie that it's like it's above that just like that that like obviously it's a horror film but that it's that it's such a stand that's such a like a stand like such an amazing piece of filmmaking that it deserves a higher accolade than it's treated with and that it doesn't deserve to have a bunch of sequels and shit like it should be its own standalone film i mean even the best movies get terrible sequels made of them i don't know i I just think it deserves more respect than it's given chinatown is one of the worst sequels that's that i've ever seen no the two jakes is great i never even heard of that it's terrible the two jakes (laughs) yeah we talked (laughs) about it the two jakes is a perfect movie uh, no, but that's like Jaws. Jaws is a perfect movie, and there's they're Jaws 2 and Jaws yeah, 3. They're like not bad enough yet. They did the Jaws okay. Revenge. Okay, Jaws 3 is amazing, where he goes to SeaWorld. That's the fucking best movie. Except for <laughs> the 3D effect 3D. at the end where it busts through the window. He <laughs> changes size so exponentially that one minute he is bigger than an entire... That's, building, that's him getting closer, but it doesn't tube. look right because he's a piece of cardboard. <laughs> he's not, he's a like cardboard cutout. Thing. He's not even like a... <laughs> they I didn't mean, even like, try. 
what's the one jaws the revenge who's like there's like a big name michael actor Caine. in that one yeah, yeah. michael Caine. and they trapped <laughs> him <laughs> they wouldn't let him leave yeah he couldn't even go to the oscars that was on a vhs that we had and i would watch it and i never understood what the fuck i was watching <laughs> yeah because the plot doesn't make any sense like no. the sharks the sharks know the brody family by like blood or something and they yeah. can they can track no, them no matter where they face like they're looking right at mrs brody and is like yep that's the wife of the guy that killed me that one time <laughs> Mrs. Brody has like, all the flashbacks of scenes that she wasn't at in the yeah. first. Movie. I feel like I know this is Jaws, but like I swear to God, it's not. And I was like, I'd be so confused. But yeah, like that. There's a ton of sequels to the, to Psycho. Obviously, a ton of Halloween sequels and copycats. Some of those Psycho sequels are pretty fucking good. No, they're not. Oh, that one where they like, go back where he's like a little kid. Four. Is, yeah, that one's really good. They're not anywhere, but comparatively to the first one, they're not oh, like garbage. Psycho Two is a decent movie. It's really not a bad movie, but when you it's... watch Psycho One, it look it's like it's total garbage. It's like when we did our it... shitty sequels and Chuck picked Predator Two, and we're like, yeah, yeah, by comparison, it's a shitty sequel, but it's not a bad movie, own, Chuck. Yeah. I would agree with you that they should never have made sequels to Psycho either. I think most people agree with you. I think the fact they got Anthony Hopkins back for like what all of them. That's pretty impressive. Psycho? Yeah, he's in all of those. Sequels. Anthony Perkins. Perkins. Yeah, that's okay. When Sorry. you said Hopkins, at first I was like, you're talking about Hannibal. And I was like, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, he yeah. means no, Anthony no, no. Perkins. <laughs> Perkins. That's because, yeah, yeah, like, per Perkins, like, didn't want to get, like, the reason why the sequels are so far away is because he didn't want to get typecast doing that role. And at the end, he was like, fuck it. I guess I'm Norman Bates. Yeah. Norman Bates for life. Some of those movies get so fucking weird. Those psycho movies. So, so strange. All I'm going to say is I don't think the sequels remotely ruin this movie. The extended cut doesn't ruin the movie. The only thing that will ever ruin the movie is if you took it away from people altogether. I'm talking about George Lucas. <laughs> He's the only person that's been able to bury his own movies. I have laser discs of the original Star Wars so I can see it without him fucking with it. I have the despecialized versions. I can watch them that way too, but it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't. It's ridiculous to think that you have to go back to old formats and stuff like you're talking about to be able to watch the films in the way they were originally meant to be seen. It should be a choice. Don't be a cocksucker. Let people fucking choose. I hate that idea. George Lucas thinks that a movie is never finished, that you should always be working on it. I mean, he's, it he, he's right that a movie is never finished is, or never perfect, stupid. but I think once you release it, you just have to stop. Yeah. Right. Like I could write a that, like that version never came out. <laughs> yeah. I could write a script and every version hopefully gets better and better and better and better and better. But there's really no final draft. Final drafts like when you stop. Like you, you made a movie in the 70s, dude. Fucking stop. Stop. It's the fucking 2000s. You can stop fucking with it now. You're done. I mean, some things I I'm probably I would say fuck with it more like that thing prequel that I brought up. If you can do better special effects, go back and go back and fix it if you want. You I'm... got you got Howard the Duck to fuck with. Why don't you go fuck with that one? You know, you want to pretend that you didn't make that movie. Is that what you're trying to do? You got duck tits in it. I mean, he did THX like 
Um, THX is a brilliant film. Don't but fuck but he one. went back. He did. He did. He changed he went, things. Yeah, he went and he updated it, and the, the, you can't even get the original version of that one. And the only way you can get it is that fucking special edition one, which it's not that bad what he did, but it's like it's still got CG in it. And I'm like, it takes away from the brilliance of the original film, which THX 138 is one of the best science fiction films ever made. And, like, that, it's so and that's where good. I'm headed with The uh, the Exorcist. I like a lot of the changes in the extended cut, but some of the CG is still kind of ugly in it like that 2000 cg it worked for racing the wires it did not look that good when you put it over linda blair's <laughs> face for a second i think we're at a time too where the cg actually is pretty fucking sharp for the most part oh it looks great or it can be if they're not on a, an extensive deadline if you've seen things like the a flash yet it's like what in the fuck's happening with the cg and this is so inconsistent but you know what they were doing they sent it off to how many different visual effects companies everybody worked on their little bit and when they got anything that looked okay at best they said fuck it it's in the movie they didn't really care beyond that it's time to pay your visual effects artists properly too and give them a fucking union yeah i mean i guess in at least in america where everyone throws their arms up in the air about the death of God and stuff like that, and how there's subliminal things in movies and it's influencing children. I think that there's actually those people are pro like, there's a majority of them, and they probably do find The Exorcist the scariest movie of all time because it's not just your child is going through something that you can't control. It's literally the devil is inside your child, which is what most Christian parents don't want. <laughs> They're like, they trying to keep the devil out of their child. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting film techniques that are used in this movie too. And for me, I think, I think some of the most exciting stuff is either A, when we're following the, the priest around, a Karis, or literally that final scene where they're in the refrigerated bedroom and they kind of go all out with like the like the fog effects and stuff like that and the harsh lighting and that's what sticks in your head or like you said when Marin shows up and that fog's like insane outside the building or like when I'm watching it and I see all the leaves I'm like for as rich as this character is the mom and this place she's staying, there's no reason that that place would be full of leaves unless it was a horror film and they're like, leave the fucking leaves on the ground. We're making exorcist people. Also, it kind of starts, I think like the first day there's trick-or-treaters, so ties into Halloween again. One time I ate a mushroom sandwich at a party I was dared to, and I had a trip for like 21 hours, and I was in my bedroom, and I couldn't leave my bedroom because Pazuzu was in the hallway. Because every time I'd look out in the hallway, I'd see the Pazuzu face out in the hallway. And I was like, I can't leave because I couldn't go to the bathroom. How did you see that? I would, it was completely dark in the living room. And whenever I would open my door, it would flash into the hallway, the Pazuzu face. And I was like, nope. You needed the mushrooms when you watched this movie so you could see all the Pazuzus everywhere. Right. That's how much The Exorcist affects my life, is that I had a 21-hour mu mushroom trip, and Pazuzu was in the hallway. <laughs> That's a terrible trip. I'd probably be hanging yeah, out with Pazuzu. Those were like the nightmares I had as a kid. I would just chill with Freddy Krueger. He wasn't trying to kill me. That's so I'm like, maybe there's something wrong with me. He's like my buddy in the dream. <laughs> I, I watched all Pazuzu of... Pazuzu face... The statue looks really great. That's why I said I really... Are you talking about the human face that you see with the sharp teeth and the contacts? I think it's really horrifying uh, the way that they use it because it's very... It's just a white face. It's very, like, scary, and they just flash it. 
I think if they left it on the screen for an extensive period of time and let you really like take it in, then it would be lame because I you're able to look at it. It does make like, me think of just, the of death from uh, the Seventh Seal or something like. It does for sure because it's wearing like that. a weird hood thing over its head. Yeah, it, a little. It's a little mixture. Like, it's a mixture of death from the Seventh like the Seal ghost. and uh, the vampire from Salem's Lot. If those two got together, you're Pazuzu. I thought it had a bit of Crimson Ghost quality, like the Misfits logo. Yeah, just that flashing very quickly with the white. Because they, the way they, they don't center it either. They always seem to put it like off-center on the screen. So it's always like a totally black background, and then it's like off-centered somewhere, and it flashes. And so it's never in the same spot. It was I good. Think it's very off. I, I think I, it's probably in the theatrical cut because it looked – it didn't look like it was added CG. But when – um, Reagan's in the bed and she's talking to her mom or looking at her mom and she looks up in the reverse shot instead of her mom it's Pazuzu I thought that that worked pretty well I, that sounds like what you're talking about a little bit <coughs> yeah cause she saw it the mom didn't I think now they'd probably go harder with some family drama bring the divorced dad in just to have some extra bullshit to have people fighting about yeah that that was a bad scene where she was on the phone bitching about him being in Rome and Linda Blair looked all upset that her parents were fighting. You probably, people were like, we can't, they left the movie theater. Like we can't get a divorce now. Our kid's going to become possessed. It's all our, our fighting that's displacing them and, and opening them up to Captain Howdy. That's right. I mean, I highly recommend anybody watch it. If you've never seen this movie, please go watch it. Yeah, watch it. And pay attention get off your fucking phone. Like give it the time. Yeah, you can multitask. Just pause it. That's what the pause button's for. Uh, yeah, and it's one of the few ones where I think the theatrical version's fine and the extended version's fine. I don't really have, like, a diehard opinion on one version being better than the other version. If you want a kind of a happier ending, the extended cut. If you like it to be a little darker, go for the theatrical cut, which is apparently the max cut. And uh, how's it feel to have season three start? Just yeah. terrible. Why? Because <laughs> we're, st- yeah, we're, st- we're we're starting with what, Lexi? Possession? No, not possession. What's your theme? Oh, my theme. We're starting with Can- Canadian National Film Board movies. That is uh, that's how we're following up The Exorcist. But what's your what's your uh, what's the very first one we're doing? Oh, the devil, the devil on your heels. We're still having a devil theme. We are. Ours, our, our our next one's about daredevils. Daredevils. Canadian Daredevils. Everything next month is Canadian. Here comes the devil, then the devil comes, and now it's Daredevils. Yep. (laughs) Bye! Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening.